are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tony Down. Welcome to another episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And as with every episode, we start with this one, saying that the entire audience is everybody. Today, we'll be speaking with our special guest, Dr. David Aguero, on what his role is in the pharmacy technology and informatics world. So thank you so much for you know taking some time to be on the podcast, David. How are you doing today? Doing really great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, you know, like just before we begin, I'd like to ask uh, the, you know, every time I, I talk to someone to just tell us a little bit about yourself so that the listeners have a kind of better understanding of like where you came from and things like that. Sure. So uh, I grew up in Farmville, Virginia, believe it or not, and uh, went to school at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond, Virginia, went out to California and did my residency in uh, medication use systems and technology at Cedars-Sinai, worked in Washington, D.C. for a couple years, and then moved out to Memphis, where I work now at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I live here with my lovely wife and our 27-month-old toddler, who is certainly a handful, but uh, we love it here. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, like your current role today, like what is that title? And can you kind of just describe a little bit about like what you do? Sure. So my current title is Director of Medication Systems and Informatics, and my position is focused on getting value out of our medication use systems at St. Jude, both in reassuring safety in partnership with our patient safety and medication safety teams, and also that we're operating at peak operational capacity. So currently, I, uh, I lead a a team that we call pharmaceutical services informatics. So our uh, our support team for IT systems or related to medication use systems. And we also have a analytics service line that we call PSI analytics. So focused on getting information from the data that we have in our systems. Currently, I'm leading our supply chain team as well, but uh, that's interim as we just launched a uh, an inventory management system. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So I guess going back to, uh, you know, just when you were in pharmacy school, did you know, like, did you know back then that, you know, technology is something that you wanted to uh, marry with pharmacy in order to like optimize workflows and, you know, safety and things like that? Or was it kind of like you found out a little bit later in your career? So I think that technology these days, it's inherent to everything we do. It's it's actually woven itself into almost every position I've had since I was a teenager. So I, I think it was inherent to what I wanted to do in my pharmacy career, I knew when pharmacy school that I, I wanted to be a leader. That was what I wanted to do with my life. And it was inherent that I found my way to optimizing the medication use systems and the technology within those processes. Okay, cool, cool. So how did you like first get started? Uh, get, you know, just getting into that space? Did you have any mentors? Or like, was there any specific steps you took? Yeah, I think that uh, really, I think mentors were and probably are more important than any other avenue for my getting into informatics and growing as a pharmacist within this field. So when I was in pharmacy school, I had the opportunity to take an internship at the local health system. And the, I mean, frankly, the director and the, the pharmacists there were very open-minded in how they let students learn. And as a result, I got some great experience. That and when I went on rotation, going to another health system in the state that uh, was on a different health record and really allowed me to to spend as much time as I was willing to to learn from their system. I remember 
within a five-week rotation, the data center in this uh, health system, it opened at 6 a.m. and closed at 10 p.m. And for that five weeks, I was there during the entire time. So you might say I was pretty tenacious in terms of what I wanted to learn. Aside from that, um, getting involved in ASHP and meeting some of the great pharmacists who are active with the organization, uh, that that helped so much back when I was a student. Awesome. So, so you know, like when you were a student, um, did they have any curriculum in the school that mentioned anything about pharmacy informatics? We actually did have a one-credit course, which at the time was more than most uh, curriculums had. That and I was able to take an elective. And so I think by the time I finished in 2013, I'd taken three different classes were informatics-based, two of which were custom courses that we had to create on our own. But uh, I was able to get a good amount of informatics experience, general experience, uh, within my education. Cool. So did you actually get to, um, I guess it's a more specific question, but were there any specific projects you got to do as an intern or a student that kind of was able to uh, give you that experience with informatics? Oh, gosh, that takes me back. You know, it's funny because when we have students on rotation at St. Jude, I, I still find myself time to time going back to the posters that I did as a student or back when I was a resident. Um, so the, the projects that come to mind, um, one was building a, uh, a library for CAD Solus Pump. I think every intern who was interested in, in our in informatics at uh, VCU Health System was in one or in some way, shape or form involved in optimizing dispensing cabinets. I think that interns still get that there these days. Preparing workflow for carousels. We got a chance to do that one year. There were a few other things, but they don't come to mind right now. Okay. Okay, cool. And you know, like you were talking about residency too. And I think um, the the medication use systems and technology uh, residency, that was one of the programs at Cedars that was uh, not part of the match, right? That was like a separate program? I actually still remember having that conversation with my then fiance, now wife, um, asking myself, okay, or am I going to drop out of the match and do this? Ultimately making the decision to do that, which actually is a, for me is a longer story because I, one program that I was very interested in pursuing through the match and later or later did the ASHP Leadership Academy, which I highly advocate for and was able to uh, have the, the director from that program as a mentor. And I just learned so much from her through that experience as well. But to your, to your original question, uh, yes, that's true. And so it was a big risk for me. Moving across the country, um, my, my then fiance still being back in Virginia for that time, but it was also a great learning experience. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, yeah. So for that medication use systems technology program, I, I remember like at some point I also wanted to do that. And when I was applying for that program a long time ago, it was actually a two year program. Uh, when you did it, was it a one year or was it a two year program? It was actually a one year program when I did it. So they later split it out into their, uh, into their, I, I think now it's a to informatics residency. It may have become a PGY-1, PGY-2 informatics residency, but I think that was uh, that was one of the benefits um, at time was that they could structure it to the needs of the department. I'm sure the funding associated with it as well, and also the applicant pool. I was always really impressed ability to do that at Cedar Sinai. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like, I and I, I had a tour of, like, Cedars, too, when uh, I was a student, and that place is, like, massive. They have so much technology. So, uh, I'm actually curious about, like, what you were able to kind of learn and uh, absorb while, while you were there as a resident. You know, I think that uh, when you're in a truly 
a truly located place. You are still absorbing what you've learned sometime after you finish the experience. And I think that's true both for students on rotation and residents as well. I see that in different places that I've been um, throughout my career so far. So for myself, um, gosh, what a whirlwind. So I remember, uh, I mean, frankly, I remember, let's say, spending a lot of time there. When I think about that year, I think the major project that comes to mind was the uh, the chief pharmacy officer's focus on medication reconciliation, Rita Shane. And it was, impre- it was and is extremely impressive. So a large part of our experience was shaped by the evolving field of medication reconciliation, both within the health record, spending time with our patients in the emergency room, planning for triage, and seeing them through the different areas of care. And that really did shape all of our residencies that year. It was, that was just as it became a a true um, phenomenon within pharmacy. Um, That being said, my uh, program also focused on operations and compliance. And so getting to, I think we were going into a joint commission survey that year. And so preparing for that survey, that was a large part of my residency year um, in a good way. And I, there's, there's also a, um, there are multiple other accreditation bodies within California that I'm sure you yourself are very familiar with, Tony. And so we're in the state of Tennessee. I may prepare for um, Joint Commission or the DMV, as well as the State Board of Pharmacy, perhaps the DEA, depending on the scenario and the institution. I think you yourself have three or four other accreditation bodies that you need to prepare for regularly. Isn't that true? There's a lot. California is really strict. So there's a bunch of other like accreditation bodies that we have to make sure we meet the requirements for. And so for me, it was a great training ground, um, especially in the field that, uh, that, that that I was entering into, which was focused on not just um, informatics, but use of technology within the medication use system. I remember a large part of the year also focused on getting our specialty pharmacy clinic up and running. Uh, that was a truly unique experience. And a lot of work on inventory optimization as well. There was a warehouse area that needed optimization, and there are multiple databases that touch that area. That's, uh, that is a recurring theme in medication use systems. It's, I almost consider it the ground floor, ensuring your inventory management systems are up and running at peak efficiency. Yeah, about that. What was it? I, I think I remember Cedars had a giant room that was just dedicated to the, the pill picker, right? Yeah. Yeah, that thing is impressive. <laughs> that is a large robot. And it's, it's, it's very good at what it does. I've always been really impressed by Swiss Log's ability to to have multiple types of robots that are very efficient in what they do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like uh, for you, were you involved in that part a lot? Uh, I don't know, like what to what extent uh, they had the pharmacy residents uh, be involved in that process. Can you kind of describe that if, if you had any involvement? Sure. So I think that uh, there was a pretty large inventory optimization project that involved what was going through the pill picker and what was going to other areas of the pharmacy. And so ultimately, that meant we were reorganizing inventory, getting the ca- the uh, the canisters that were actually going into the pill picker, and working with um, another piece of technology, a vertical repackager, to uh, to ensure what needed to be patient specific and what needed to be repackaged in unit dose was moving to the appropriate areas. Gosh, I will say. I've never met a vertical repackager that I like. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't even have a repackager like to that extent at uh, where I'm at right now. So it was like when I was there just as a student, just touring the place. It was really like eye opening to see all of that. I think if you're in an or in an adult hospital, it makes a lot more sense to have a vertical tablet repackager. And we practice in pediatrics, and so it depends on the volume of the institution in question. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. And uh, you know, like when you were there for your residency, I guess, like afterwards, uh, 
from what I understand, you didn't go directly into an informatics position. You went back to uh, to clinical workflow, right? Like a supervisor or so? I did. Um, so I remember my wife visited five times during my residency, and it was probably December when she let me know that California was not for us. And I said, okay. <laughs> And so we ended up moving back to Washington, D.C. Um, now that I think about it, about 10 miles um, from her parents at the time. And that was I mean, that was where we got married and where we started our lives together. So for me, it was really a small decision. Okay. Okay. And then I guess like when you were in your role as a um, pharmacy supervisor, like what kind of things were you able to learn from your residency program that you were able to kind of apply towards being a supervisor, even though you're not really uh, in that informatics space as much? So I would say that in that role at Inova Health System, I was extremely focused on medication use systems. More than I might even let on in uh, in my LinkedIn profile. I learned so much from that hospital and that health system and that leadership team. So when I think about our time there, it was really about epic optimization. And when you look at the at the compounding and repackaging applets and what it's really capable of. I think Epic's built a great piece of functionality. Um, for us, let's see, we got RFID technology in during that time. That was We launched that across four of the five hospitals, and that was uh, one of my projects with uh, a good friend of mine, Arpit Mehta. Um, let's see. We actually totally uh, revamped tablet repackaging during that time as well and launched a new system, optimized our, we had Accuda at the time, so our Medicare cells and our, uh, and our um, controlled substance managers. And really, when we think about the, the medication use system, sometimes you, you go places and the technology has been installed, but it may not have been optimized. Now, I will say that wasn't the case in, uh, in, in the particular site that I went to. I think they'd done a great job, but optimization continues forever. Honestly, processes are like people. We continue getting better and evolving until it's time to go away. That's a very true statement. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I think that's a very good thing to keep in mind. And, uh, you know, just going to, uh, you know, your experience over as a pharmacy supervisor and, of course, your uh, experience uh, getting your diplomat uh, pharmacy leadership academy. And that was uh, essential into like how you're able to manage your day to day now as a director for the uh, medication systems and informatics. Absolutely. I, uh, I think we're all learning and we're all we're all learning and we're all evolving constantly. Informatics, medication, safety administration especially, there are close ties between each of these types of roles. And realistically, you have to be prepared to be a leader in any of them. Realist, or you have to be prepared to be a leader in the clinical space as well, of course. But uh, the, the, the knowledge and the experience that I picked up from the Pharmacy Leadership Academy has stuck with me for a long time. And I still use that in my day-to-day. -day. Ask me about completing that, uh, that curriculum. I think the most important thing that you can do when you go through it is to take on a mentor. I really want to underscore the importance of mentorship in our, in our conversation today. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with the whole mentorship thing. I wish that I had a mentor when I was going through the early days of, uh, you know, informatics. The closest I had with uh, uh, having mentorship was through, you know, uh, Dr. Carl Gumper and Dr. Maritza Liu, where, you know, I would meet them through ASHP. But it wasn't like that really like direct mentorship that you kind of expect or hear about when you think of uh, mentorship. And it's it's mostly also because there was like a lack of that during pharmacy school for me. Um, so like, especially for the informatics side. So, so I'm glad that you're bringing it up. Uh, and, you know, just going back to like your role too, you've had experience of like being a resident in med use systems. You had experience of being a supervisor for the pharmacy. And, uh, you know, now that you're a director for medication systems informatics, um, what kind of responsibilities do you have now uh, under this leadership role? So I think that 
when I think about my responsibility now versus when I was a manager or a supervisor, it is, it's not about managing the day-to-day or even the value on a day-to-day basis. It's looking forward and strategizing for our partnering with our leaders and ensuring that we're steering the department where we want to go. A really good example of that would be within our data strategy. So about two years ago at this point, we realized that even in a research institution, we really we didn't have a way to pull together useful operationalized information uh, to, or we'd have a way to pull together curated operational information to help drive the business of pharmacy. We had different technologies that we'd installed over the years, but we didn't have a team, a steward, if you will, responsible for ensuring that information was used to its best extent across the institution. So we had customers for pulling extracts themselves or going to individual informatics team members. If the data was outside the department, it may not match something that was pulled by the central analytics team because they don't know Medicaid systems. They know pure analytics. And as a result, the data might not match. Realistically, if the CEO has a question about medication use and it's pulled by the analytics team, he's not going to go to them if he has a question. He or she is going to come to us. And so it's important that we're prepared to lead analytics within medication use systems. Thus, we uh, we prepared, we requested FTEs with a business case, we were approved, and now we're in the year of having a service line. It's 2.1 FTEs that's focused on analytics specifically. So they sit with our, um, our, with our pharmaceutical services informatics team, with our medication use team, and, um, and help support the department from implementation to realizing information from our different systems. Basically, we've created a, uh, a data mart that contains information from each of our 16 different databases that we're supporting on a day-to-day basis. And we use it to create or to curate and facilitate data requests, both internal and external department. Um, pardon me, um, both, in, both internal and external to the department in alignment with our institutional data governance. And I think that ties back around to what's so important in my position today. It's not so much about the managing as it is about creating the partnerships and ensuring that there's a sound direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's nice to hear that, you know, there's that side of it. I think like sometimes when someone's thinking about informatics or the technology space, they think about the nitty gritty detailed, uh, you know, work like programming or configuring. And it's, it's good to hear that, you know, there's also that strategy component that you guys are doing too, like in your role, like you're, you're leading that space too. So, um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good explanation. Excellent. I, uh, I think data is an asset. And if our, if our, automation, a asset that we're using our day-to-day patient care, then the analytics, the data and the information coming from those systems, that's our future. We have to be prepared to take advantage of it. So I guess um this is more of like a higher level question, which I'm I'm curious about like how you would view it. Um how do you kind of see the HIE stuff happening in the future, like in terms of the data being interchanged between different health systems and hospitals and getting everything to be standardized. I know there's some challenges right now. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, lots of thoughts. <laughs> I think that uh, like anything worth doing, it's challenging, it's political. Probably the, uh, the, the best case of change that I've seen in history had a chance to uh, travel to Seoul, South Korea, and look at a um, homegrown health 
that the the nation of South Korea uses. And you know, it's funny. Uh, obviously, they have nationalized medicine, but it's really easy to get your information from one hospital to the next in that country because 54% of the country is using the same health record, and they're very very good at what they do. Um, here in the U.S., I think that. We have, obviously, we have um, some juggernauts in the health space. One is extremely creative, one is extremely corporate. Both are capable of customers' needs. But the avenue in which they get there, um, there's there's lots of conversation had. So in terms of health information exchange, I think that it's going to be based off of what customers really expect and um, what is mandated by the government. We know there are multiple pieces of legislation that have directly affected this in the past couple of years, um, specifically the past year. What that's in terms of actual operability in the end, I think that remains to be seen. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> there's uh, not much else I can add to that because uh, I, I do agree. Um, but, you know, just going back to, I guess, uh, informatics as a career, too, like there's, you know, a lot of students right now who are just learning that informatics is a potential space that they can get, they can get into. And uh, there's also pharmacists out there that are working in other fields that are also, you know, they may feel like, oh, they have the, the passion for technology usage in healthcare, but they don't know how they, you know, navigate towards informatics. And um, I know that you've gone through a residency, but uh, do you have any particular advice you want to give to uh, these two type of populations? Sure. So I, can, I think first, keep looking trying to get involved. ASHP is a great avenue. There are a number of grassroots opportunities to get involved. This is a really good example one. So I know that there's also the Pharmacy Informatics Academy that's involved. There are multiple pharmacists on LinkedIn who are willing to work. And I, th I think that's really what my thesis would be. If you want to get involved, start building your network. Um, look and see what's out there. There are so many avenues to get involved in pharmacy informatics. And because informatics is that, it's the high-level concept um, of utilizing information to create value within the pharmacy space. There are so many opportunities to get involved from a, on the peripheral side getting into the heart of it. The second thing I'd like to stress is that you're, you may not be successful the first time. Um, I think it's a Nelson Mandela quote. We're either successful or we learn. And the reality is if we're not successful, then, uh, I mean, if we're learning, pardon me, then uh, we need to try again. There will always be more opportunities. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, thanks for that advice. I think it's something that, you know, people need to hear sometimes. Um, I think the the whole thing about like, you, you need to keep trying if you are really passionate about this, and just like keep trying. Uh, it, it's important to hear because, you know, sometimes it is uh, easy to give up if you don't feel like you can get there uh, in a fast way. And of course, this is not like something you can get there in a fast way, you really have to like put some work into it. So so thanks for, you know, um, giving that advice. And if anyone wanted to, you know, reach out to you for any further questions, uh, what's the best way they can reach out to you? Absolutely. Um, my LinkedIn profile is probably the best to do it. If you search David Aguero on LinkedIn, or if you Google David Aguero, it'll pop up. I think within pharmacy informatics specifically, there are so many pharmacists who are willing to assist and willing to mentor. I, I'm excited to give back. So if you're hearing this and you need some help, I'd be happy to have a conversation to help you in any way that I could. So, you know, sometimes the students or the pharmacists out there right now, uh, you know, they may encounter like a challenge they can't overcome and then they kind of just give up. So was there something that happened to you that's maybe similar and maybe how you bounce, uh, bounce back from that? Sure. I think there are always going to be ups and downs in a career, no matter what part of your career you're in. Um, one of the parts about ASHP 
and the pharmacy informatics space in general is that there are so many kind and willing pharmacists who want to get involved and are willing to help you and I help among them. If, uh, if I think my contact information is going to be in the podcast, I'm happy to, to connect with anyone who's hearing this to help you as I can. Um, I wouldn't have gotten my residency. I wouldn't have gotten my first job. I wouldn't have gotten my current job if it weren't for word of mouth recommendations from mentors and people in the field who are willing to give me a chance. I remember my current job. I actually got a recommendation um, from a director that I interviewed with in a job they didn't get, and it led to my current position, and I still regularly keep in contact with that person. So if you feel like you've connected with someone in the field and maybe the first time the conversation wasn't perfect, you didn't hit it off, it's not a big deal. We're all here. Either we're successful or we learn. And if, if it's a learning experience, then we try again, and that's okay. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, I'll be putting your contact info in the show notes for anyone who's interested in reaching out. Uh, to be respectful of your time, though, I'd like to thank you again uh, so much for, you know, just taking some time on your busy day uh, to be on the show. Thank you very much for having me. All right. If you like our show, please share with your friends, or you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can also check us out on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn, and you can also reach out to me at Tony at PharmacyITME.com. If you want to network, you can check out the Pharmacist Slack group at PharmacistConnect.com, which is P-H-A-R-M-A-C-I-S-T-S-C-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. There's different topic channels, including informatics, and I've met some great colleagues on there, and I look forward to connecting with you as well. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of CIT and me, and remember, technology is the tool, patient care is the goal.